this week, uh, we're going to be starting our series on heaven. And so we have a new verse. Uh, it comes from Luke 23, 43, not Luke 24, 43. That's what I said last time, and it was wrong. Uh, it's 20, 23, 43. Uh, and uh, just give a little background to what's happening here in Luke 23. Uh, 43. Jesus is on the cross. This is where we find him. It's right before he dies. And um, he's up there and he's between two thieves or two criminals and they are being executed. And while they're there, the, the criminals spend the good majority of the last, their last breaths making fun of Jesus. They're like, oh, if you're really this righteous, powerful God, get yourself off of this cross. You know? And they're mocking him this entire time. But then, uh, right at the end, one of those criminals has a change of heart. There's nothing like death to make you reassess where you stand, right? And he starts to think about things, and he sees who Jesus really is, and he sees his character and what Jesus is doing there and his strength, and he has a change of heart, and he recognizes who Jesus is. And even though he, he had committed all these crimes, he had done all these bad things, I mean, he was getting executed, and even though he had just spent the last couple hours ridiculing Jesus... Mocking his pain, he says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And that's where we read this passage, which will be our memory verse today. And it says, and Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. This verse talks about, man, do we have an awesome God, don't we? Think about it. Jesus could have said, forget it. I will remember you. Oh, yes, I will. And you're not going to like it. That's not what he said. That's not the Jesus. That's not the Lord that we serve. That's not the God that we serve. Our God said to this guy who was mocking him and all this in his pain. As soon as he came and had a repentant heart, Jesus said, I tell you the truth today. You will be with me in paradise. Think about what he's saying. Think about the character of God and how much he loves us. Right. What is Jesus talking about there? But I love where he says today you will be with me in paradise. I think that's fantastic. Uh, Heaven. Uh, heaven is, is an amazing thing. It, it brings a lot of hope. Uh, it it uh, is also a very mysterious thing. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's usually a New York Times bestseller on the list there that talks about heaven. Or there's a TV show or a movie or some story that we're just fascinated by the subject of heaven. And we should be. Paradise sounds pretty nice, doesn't it? And so we're going to talk about not just what heaven is, but why it matters. And we're going to start today by talking about the resurrection. Because, let's be honest, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, would heaven matter? Not to you and me, right? Well, are you living in heaven? No, no, you're not. That's an easy one. You're not living in heaven. This is a really great place for those of us in Christ. This is as close to hell as we'll ever get. But this is definitely not heaven. Okay? We all agree. Amen. Yes, that's true. Right. So, this is not heaven. And if Jesus didn't raise from the dead... Right. Then there would be no way for us to get to heaven. And if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, chances are we wouldn't raise from the dead. So would you go to heaven? No. So it wouldn't matter. So who cares? But Christ did raise from the dead. And the scriptures talk about that that same power that raised him from the dead will raise us. And because heaven is available. Right. Because it's going to happen. We think about this. Let's say. Let's say I live a hundred years because I eat granola and like kale and stuff like that, right? Like a hundred years, like a big, long life. And then I get to go to heaven for eternity. Now, we spend a lot of time talking about 
why this life matters. This little tiny, very significant speck. But we're going to spend the next six weeks talking about the enormity of our real existence, our real home. And you know what? A right understanding with heaven. A lot of people say, well, I'll deal with it when I get there. Right? I'll worry about heaven when I'm up there. That's because why would it matter to me? Why would I think about this great place? But right now I've got other things to deal with. You know, a a right understanding of heaven, uh, it gives us power to live today for the right things. When we understand what's coming, what's really waiting us. I mean, there's there's hope, there's assurance, there is a a right perspective that empowers our life and in a very uh, unique way that only heaven can have. It's what carries us through those valleys in life. It's what helps us navigate faithfully through those those really great peaks in life. Understanding what God has for us and what he has set ahead of us is is a wonderful thing. It will impact your life in in phenomenal ways. You just can't you can't come up and see heaven and see what it's about and walk away unchanged. And so that's why we're going to spend the next six weeks uh, on that. It's a. going to be a fun time. But let's talk about today. Now, in this series in heaven, we're going to actually be going through Revelation. Uh, Revelation is the last book written in the scriptures. It also happens to be the last book of the Bible in your Bible. So it's easy to find. And we're going to be talking about the last two chapters in that very last book because it talks about the new heavens and the new earth and what's happening. So the next six weeks, we're going to be kind of camping out in there. Now, of course, God reveals about heaven all the way through Scripture, and we're going to be getting a holistic approach. We'll be looking at what the whole of Scripture says about heaven, but we're really going to be focusing in on Revelation 22:23. So I encourage you this week, start read those chapters. In fact, read the whole book of Revelation. I'll give you a little context as to why heaven is so fantastic. So, all right. I have got a verse for us today, and um, actually, while that loads, here's the verse. I will give you a little bit of context for it. Because um, we're not going to be in, in the last chapters of, of heaven today or Revelation today. We're going to be in the very first chapter of Revelation today because that's where we see Jesus. So there was this guy named John. John was an apostle. John was the youngest of the apostles. He was like a teenager, right, when Jesus came by. And he followed Jesus and he lived with him. And, you know, John was really close with Jesus, was in his inner circle. So Jesus revealed a lot of cool things to John. John had a great perspective on the Lord. In fact, John was so close with Jesus that in his own gospel that he writes, the book of John, this is how he describes himself. The one the Lord loves. Right? As opposed to the other guys. Right? I guess I, right? But, but he was tight with Jesus. Right? He knew him well. And what happened was... Uh, Jesus lived. Jesus was on the cross. John was the only apostle that was there. All the others were distant, scared away. John was there. And Jesus actually says to John, take care of my mom. I mean, does that tell you how close John was? This is a guy that knew the Lord. And when Jesus rose again, right, who was there who ran out to the empty tomb when Mary came and said, he's not there, he's risen? John! John! So did Peter, Peter was a little older. He's like my age. He's like, oh, teenagers, right? <laughs> he gets there, and John doesn't want to go inside. He's like, but he sees the empty tomb. He sees the grave cloth folded. He knows that the Lord has risen. Peter bursts right in. What? You know, but John was there. John was uh, a man of great faith. 
And, and Jesus rose again and he leaves and uh, leaves the church with the Holy Spirit and says, go and to tell all people, make disciples. And that's exactly what John did. He went up and he started planting churches, Jews and Gentiles and everybody. He, told, he just couldn't stop him from talking about Jesus, which was a dangerous thing. See, all the apostles had that. And then what happened was the, the, that made some people uncomfortable. And so they started killing the apostles. And I think the Lord allowed that to happen so we would know what they were saying is true. Because it's one thing to say, this is true. But it's another thing to say, if you don't stop saying that's true, we'll kill you. You say, no, it's true. And they kill you. You're like, wow, maybe what he was saying was true. And when that happened 12 times over, it gives us good evidence that they actually saw a risen Lord, right? They, they gave their life to this. It, you'd have to be crazy uh, to, to die for a lie. And we can't say that the 12 people that gave us our system of ethics for the Western culture for the last 2,000 years were all crazy. So here these guys have this testimony. And John was the last one. He was the youngest, but he was also the last one alive. All the other ones had been executed. All of his friends, everyone that he walked with Jesus before had been killed. And they tried to kill John too, but he was just too darn tough. I mean, they did all kinds of They tried to boil him in oil. They tried, you know, throwing rocks at him. They did all kinds of things and they just couldn't kill him. Like the Energizer Bunny. And he'd get back up and he'd say, I forgive you because God does, but I don't know I like you, but you know what? He's risen. And... And they got sick of him. And now it's 60 years later. And you have this old man who knew Jesus, knew he was raised again. The, the, the Romans and the Jews and no one could kill him. Right. They tried. And he won't stop talking about Jesus because he knows he's real. He knows he's alive. So they say, well, we can't kill him. I know what we'll do. We'll stick him on an island. By himself. He can talk to Jesus all he wants out there. And that's exactly what they did. And so they take him to this island called Patmos. And there he is, alone, isolated. And you would think that he would be wondering, okay, Jesus, you said you're going to come back soon. I'm an old man. I'm on an island. I feel like a failure, maybe. Right? Because here I am. I'm stuck on this island. I can't build disciples. Right? I'm trapped. Where are you, God? Are you really alive? Where is God? I don't know if you've ever been there. John certainly was. He's on an island. And then we get to our... Do it. Just do it. Ha! <laughs> There's our verse for today. And this is what it says. When I saw him... That's Jesus. Jesus shows up. And not like Jesus... Uh, like he was just on earth. He was in his... He was glorified form, right? He came right out of heaven. And when people meet with God and they're in heaven, Jesus is God, then they glow. And that's what... Jesus shows up, boom, glowing. And it says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though I, as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the key of death and Hades. That's his first. Uh, John finally gets to see the risen Jesus on this side. And he, the Lord reveals to him. Revelation, which how handy is that? So we're going to talk about what does that mean for us? Well, Jesus' resurrection we get from this passage. First thing it gives us is peace. I love how the first thing Jesus says to John is don't be afraid. Right now, in context, it's because John was a little freaked out. You would be, too. Right. It was the Lord's Day. So it was Sunday. And John was holding a church service between him and the Holy Spirit because there was nobody else there. And so he's there all by himself and he's worshiping the Lord. And all of a sudden, God shows up. You would be freaked out, too. 
Can you imagine? Like, you leave church today, you're, like, driving in your car, you're all by yourself or whatever, and, you know, you start praying that the person that's in front of you is really slow will pull off or something like that. You're just saying a little prayer to the Lord and all faithfulness, and all of a sudden, Jesus, like, is sitting in your passenger seat. Can you imagine? Right? Yeah, you will wreck. <laughs> right? <laughs> They're like, what? Right? You'd be a little freaked out. And, and so Jesus is giving, and he's like, whoa, chill, man, you know me. Don't be afraid. I love you. I'm God. But in a deeper sense, Jesus is also calming a much deeper fear of John's. And he goes through the rest of the book of Revelation, and you see how Jesus calms this fear time and time again in John, uh, for John. It, he shows John that, listen, the world is a mess. Yes, it's a mess, right? And that would freak out. I mean, John was like, where's your kingdom, boy? How come there's so much brokenness, right? You came to save us. There's all these things. There's brokenness. There's wickedness. Bad people seem to prosper and good people seem to suffer. What's going on? And time and time again, you see in Revelation, God saying, yeah, I knew about that. I know that. And guess what? Here's my plan in the midst of it. And I'm going to bring it to an end, right? And I never abandoned my people even in the midst of it. You see, Jesus' resurrection gives us peace. Jesus' resurrection gives us another kind of peace, too. It, it, it gives us a, a peace of knowing that the God that we serve is actually alive. Right? It, it, can you imagine placing your hopes in a philosophy written by a dead person? A lot of people have that. And, and I've been with enough people as, as they've taken their last breath. Right? As, and you know, there's nothing like death to make a person assess the way that they, they believe their life and what comes next. There really isn't. You know, uh, it doesn't matter how, how strongly you might have held to an ideal or how much you've read or studied or how many degrees that you have or what your family heritage is. When you, by, that the most lonely place in the world is on the deathbed. Because uh, it's you. You're going. And you're going to a place that you've never been before. And no one around you has either. It's a lonely experience. And it makes people question. And, and if you are on there and you're wondering, boy, here was this person, this great philosophy I've tried to live my entire life for. I hope I did it good enough. Because that's really all that religion can give you is hope. Like, like an empty hope. Like, boy, I, I'm not sure that I really got it all right. I mean, are you perfect? No, because if you said you were, you're a liar, and there you go. You're not perfect. Neither am I. We don't, none of us live according to all of the laws. It doesn't matter what religion you do. You can't do it perfectly. And can you imagine being on your deathbed wondering, I'm going to face God in just a few minutes, and not knowing, not knowing, was I good enough? Because a lot of people, that's exactly where they're at. Because they follow the teachings of dead people. Right? philosophy saying, if you live this way, you'll be right with God. Well, how do they know? Do they see God? Maybe. I hope so. I hope I followed it well enough. There's not much peace in that. But a resurrected Jesus gives us peace. Because there is a God, and he came back, and we saw him, right? Jesus raised from the dead. It's not somebody telling us how to be right with God. It's God saying, this is how you be right with me. This is what I've done for you. It's not about religion and rules. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Right? It is finished. It's not about how good I am or how well I have obeyed all the things. We're there solely because of His righteousness, what He has done. 
And that's what God himself tells us. And he rose again to tell us, yes, I, was, I meant that. It gives us peace, knowing that Jesus, who rose from the dead, Jesus came to save us, right? John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And he goes on to say, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. What do you think Jesus' heart is towards people? Do you think he's up there looking for an excuse to send you to hell? No. But we are very much in peril of hell. That's what we deserve. But Jesus came to save us. That's what he wants to do. He's driven towards that. And isn't it amazing that he is alive? Which means that when I die, the God who wants to save me will meet me. It's not going to be some other guy that's got like a little briefcase that's got like a little chart on Aaron that says, okay, Aaron, uh, says here that God might have wanted to save you or whatever and and have the bureaucracy of it. No, Jesus himself came to save me. He is alive. He is there. I have peace. My judge is also my lawyer. That's pretty awesome. That is an enormous amount of peace that frees me in how I live. Not so I can continue in the old dead way of, uh, that I used to live, all the old sins and everything that I used to have, but so I can live in a much better way, a new life that begins now and goes on to eternity. Jesus gives us peace. His resurrection is unique, unlike anything else. But Jesus' resurrection also gives us assurance. It's not just peace. It's not just saying, okay, I'm fine. I can chill on that. I can rest. It's assurance. Jesus said here, I am the first and the last. I am the living one. He's saying something very profound uh, to, to John here. Because John would be on this island and he's, where are you, God? Were you the God of 60 years ago? Were you the God of the Old Testament? Did you fulfill things and forget me? No. Jesus shows up and says, no, I'm still very much alive. I am not an old man. Right? I will live forever. I am here. In fact, I am the first and the last. Before I lived, I lived. Now, that's going to mess with your head. Right? But get this. You have a beginning, but you won't have to have an end. Thanks be to the Lord. But God doesn't have a beginning. He's the first. He who existed before existence existed. And he will exist forever. There was never a time nor a place nor space that God does not and cannot occupy. He is the first and last. Was God with John on the island of Patmos before he appeared? Of course he was. And is God with us today? Is he with us in our brokenness, in our despair, and in our doubt? Absolutely. He's also with us in our joy. You see, God is with us, and it gives us assurance. There's nothing like seeing the risen Lord to say, okay, God is still here. He is still present. I don't know if you've watched the news. I don't know in the entire time in the last forever. But the world's pretty broken. We suffer floods, fires. We suffer loss. We suffer heartbreak and illness. We see injustice happening throughout the world. The world can be a very discouraging, dark place. But our Lord is alive and he is there and he is in control and he is working through this. He is with us 
And we don't have to wonder if he is. We can know that he is because he didn't say, trust me, I'll raise again. He showed up and said, touch my wounds. He said, I will eat with you so you can see that I'm not a ghost, like the fish won't fall through me, right? You can see it. I will appear over 40 days, like an entire month, so you know it's not just some type of hallucination. I'm going to show up with, in groups. I'm going to show up with you in person, one-on-one. I will show you that I really raised again. And those 12 men who had that opportunity and the 500 others who got to see Jesus, every one of them, to their dying breath, said, I know he's alive, and we can know he's alive. And they left their records for us so we can see it too. Our God is alive. He is from the first and the last. He is the God of today just as much as he was the God of yesterday. And you know what? There is nothing that is going to happen in this world that will unseat Jesus from his throne. And there is nothing that can thwart his plans. He is the first and the last. He's already got it figured out. He's already got it done. He is with us and he will always be with us. But the question is, are we with him? And John was. I love this. I am the living one. That is is Jesus's... Uh, And God's, really, qualification. How does God show himself to be the true God in in the Old Testament? It says, I am the living God. Right? And how does he show himself today? I am the living God. You know what? Um, I've been around dead people, too, after they die, right? They're alive. They breathe their last. We pray with them, and and then they're dead. And I'll tell you, there's a big difference between a dead person and a live person, even though it's only a minute's difference. Same body, right? Same exact body. Same day, same hour. But when a person dies, when there is death, there is something uniquely void in them. Dead people don't do things. Right? Can we all agree to that? Right? Things happen to them, but they don't do anything. A dead person can't do anything. doesn't matter if they want to stay alive. They can't do anything. But a living person has power. You see, there are lots of dead gods out there, gods that we've invented, gods that we think up, thought gods that, you know, (laughs) they're dead. We might hope that they could save us, but can they? But our God is unique in that he is living. He actually has power to do things. How much power? Well, power to be the first and last, power to be at all places at all times, power to raise from the dead, power to defeat death itself. Our God is living. He's alive. He's real. And that gives us assurance. Christianity is not some wishful thinking. Well, I hope someday if I abide by these rules and I do things right, then God will be happy enough with me. When I get there, I'll get to go into heaven. Christianity is about a risen Savior who said, you know what? I died for your sins and I'm not going to let you die for them. Right? You let me. I don't want you to have that happen. You know what? I face the wrath of God so you won't have to. So I'm not going to let that happen. I'm your advocate. And guess what? I'm also God. So I'm not mad at you. And I'll prove it. I showed up. He's alive. It gives us assurance. When we get to heaven, we get to walk in boldly. Boldly. Not because of what we've done. Because of who he is. Assurance. No fear in life. No fear in death. The resurrection also gives us hope. It says, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the key of death in Hades. Two wonderful, wonderful truths in that. One, he's alive forever and ever. Think about this. Have you ever, like, watched a movie, I don't know, like the Chronicles of Narnia or something like that, and the end, or like Star Wars or something like that, the end, there's like happy day, you know, everything's great, the, the starships fly over the top and there's fireworks or whatever, and it's like, oh, happily ever after, and then they come up with a sequel, and now they're all in a big mess again, and you're like, oh, I thought you guys were going to be okay. 
Wouldn't that stink if heaven was like that? Like you think you finally get your happily ever after, you know, you get up there, everything's great, and then God dies. Somebody succeeds him, not quite as nice. Wouldn't that be horrible? I'm alive forever and ever. There is no succession plan in the kingdom of God. He is. He is alive. He will always be alive. He always has been alive. We don't have to worry. Jesus is alive forever and ever. We get to go there. There is, there is hope in that. It's not like, oh, I'm going to get there and, boy, I hope it doesn't get messed up. No, God is in charge. And here's the cool thing for us, and I love this, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. Do you get that? You know, death and Hades, there's one thing that comes for every one of us, and that is death, right? It swallows us up. Uh, it, it takes us physically, right? And if we're separated from God because of our sin, it takes us spiritually. That's what the scriptures say. You think about being separated from God. What is God? God is everything good. Everything that we define as good is because of who God is. To be without God is to be without all of those things that we know are good. I can't even imagine how horrible that would be. I don't want that, but that is truly death. We deserve to go there. I mean, that's the bad news, right? Because we've all sinned. The memory verse that you heard at the very beginning for um, the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, right? The wage of sin is death. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. That's me and you, everybody. We've sinned. We deserve that death, but the guy who holds the keys to put me there is the guy who's saving me. That's a party. <laughs> right? Can you imagine? The guy, I mean, he holds the key. There's nobody else who can throw me into hell. You think Satan can throw you into hell? Satan's a loser, like the most cosmic loser of all losers. Right? He can't throw you there. You think an angel can throw you into hell? No. Do you think your neighbors who don't like you can throw you into hell? They may wish to, but they can't. There is nobody. Nobody can throw you into hell because no one has the keys except for our Savior. You talk about hope. You talk about joy. I mean, there is no fear in this. He holds the keys. And you know what this also means? Do you think the devil can kill you? No. Jesus holds the keys to death. When it's your time, he'll take you. We don't want to take that journey, but we like where it takes us. Right? So we don't fear it. I'm not afraid of death. Jesus says, all right, I'm unlocking this. If you want to get to heaven, I can send you there. But if you're here, I have a purpose for you. I have a purpose for you today. Jesus gives us assurance. He gives us hope. His resurrection changes everything. But it doesn't just change it for it now. How we respond now matters how it affects us in the future. Right? The next six weeks, we're going to talk about that future. What is heaven? But the most important thing is, is that your future? Right? For those of us in Christ, it most certainly is. No doubt about it.